3: Wait, who goes there? What chime sounds from that distant glow? Will the footstep hasten? Will the heart beat again? Oh, thus! Oh, let it be so! Thus it is, and thou art thee. Come in, and rest thy aching mind, and welcome to the moon underwater. Hello and welcome, and finally, and thus, and here we sit, bepinted and bepubbed with each and the twain. We're in the moon underwater, and I have to say, it is a delight to welcome you into this unique tavern. A tavern of the mind, a tavern of desire, and I think what every pub promises but sometimes cannot deliver. We house here, for the moon underwater is everything and anything you want it to be. This is the pub of your dreams. This is La Lune sur La Mer, the pub of the mind, the pub de l'esprit. It's the perfect pub. And I, John Robbins, am the landlord who welcomes you through the threshold into the further realm, the correct realm, The realm of the pub of the mind and with me i am absolutely honored to say is the moon underwater's regular pint supper bar proper seat haver nook inhabitor, the lovely robin allender hello robin
4: hello john it's lovely to be here in the moon underwater a fictional pub a great pub and aren't all the best pubs fictional in some way? I think that's what the purpose of this podcast is. Well,
3: what is the difference between fiction and imagination and reality?
4: Thoughts? Yeah, good question. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack, I think. I mean, what we hope to achieve with this podcast is maybe to untie some of those knots. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. To build a few bridges between the mind, the pub, the imagined pub... And the Imagined Mind.
4: It's episode one. We're, we're going to sell you our idea <laughs> of what this podcast does. The pubs aren't real, but the guests are. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it's not really a podcast.
3: It's more... It's a state of mind. It's a witnessing of a realm. And that realm is the pub of the mind.
4: Yeah, Have you ever been in a pub where there's been a kind of further room that you haven't quite been able to get to? Have you ever been walking down a street and there's a pub that's just always on the horizon that's never got closer? Is there a pub down a further street that you haven't quite found? And just as you're getting close to that pub, as the sort of
3: streets shift and move and the lamplight glow wanders hither and thither on the edge of your comprehension... You just wake up sweating and it's four in the morning. <laughs> and you realise that
4: that pub was, was by its nature out of reach. I feel like a lot of camera members might have switched off at this point already. <laughs> <laughs> it is a podcast about pubs. That, that, of that, there is no doubt. But it's a podcast about what, what the ideal pub is. It might be an element from this pub. It might be an element from that pub. But it's a pub of the imagination. Pubs are very important to both of us, aren't they?
3: Yeah, and I think both of us, something we have in common, which is why we opened The Moon Underwater, or why I opened it and allowed you to be the regular, is when you are imagining the pub, life has a way of giving you 90% of that pub, but they've got the TV on too loud. Right. Or the TV is on at the right volume, but they haven't got the drinks you like. Or the TV is on at the right volume. They've got the drinks you like, but there's loads of kids there. Yeah. It's like life is punishing you for having hope.
4: Yeah. I think this is the thing. I think when you set up The Moon Underwater, you got through the normal regs about setting up a a drinking establishment where you're legally allowed to sell, drink, and consume alcohol on the premises. But you also put a little caveat in those legal documents about the nature of desire, about whether desire can ever be fulfilled. Yeah,
3: and you have to legislate for desire. You have to legislate for desire, yeah. So in case it's unclear what's happening here, we are inviting people to come to the Moon Underwater to populate, describe, enhance, and imagine their dream pub. And we're going to share that vision with you. And I hope that everyone listening is able to furnish their own mind palace with the accoutrements, the fixtures, the fittings of their own dream pub. Mm. And what is a dream pub without a patron? What is any pub without a patron. So this podcast can't f- be fully funded by desire alone. <laughs> <laughs> would that it would. Would that it were, and that it may be, but it ain't. And its I know it's a big ask to plug this before we've even begun the podcast.
4: If you want to fund Fulfillment's Desolate Attic... yeah. <laughs> then you can go to patreon.com
3: forward slash Moon moonunderpod and thence you will find levels three. And I'm just going to talk you through those levels because it will help to explain a bit about what this podcast is going to offer.
4: There are three levels. You're sort of saying it in an old-fashioned way. There are three levels, not levels <laughs> <Yes>. three. <laughs> if you
3: want to support this podcast you haven't heard yet and are probably now quite suspicious about... You can go to patreon.com forward slash moon Level one is three franc pounds. And for that, you get the Moon Underwater Social Club, ad free episodes, and early access to those episodes aforementioned.
4: Yes, and the Moon Underwater Social Club is a Facebook page where we can share special thoughts and feelings from the episode, maybe a bit of music, maybe a QA, maybe, you know, someone joining in criticising and then me leaving and crying. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. The usual Facebook stuff. You the know. usual Facebook stuff. But also
3: a place where uh, the lovely Robin and I can post extra content and sort of stats based on the choices and the pubs created herein. Yeah. The next level is the price of a pint in London, or the price of two pints anywhere else, I guess. £6. Pounds. How much is a pint outside of London now?
4: Well, it's very hard to say in these lockdown times in which we're recording, but um, I th- I'd say we've got to be looking at five, four, fifty-five in Bristol. I can't remember. It's been so long since I bought a pint, John. I know, it's mad. Well, for £6, you get
3: not just the Moon Underwater Social Club, not just the ad-free episodes, not just early access to said episodes. You also get a bonus podcast. Mm. And that is really going to be something... If you thought the description of this podcast was vague, (laughs) wait till you hear what we've got planned for the bonus episode it's going to be a real vibe symposium.
4: It's going to be more of a dreamlike episode.
3: Yeah, and when we're able to, we're going to do live pub crawls with Robin and I. We're going to do beer tastings. We're going to do pub meditations, which is a, a genre that Robin himself invented. <laughs> yeah. Can you describe a pub meditation, Rob?
4: Well, I thought last year in 2020, I would do a kind of meditation style ASMR you, YouTube video, I wanted you to kind of sit down, close your eyes and imagine you were walking to a pub. So I put that on YouTube. Um, I'm not sure if it's got legs. Oh, it's got it's, it's got so many legs. It's a centipede of an idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I think that there's a lot to be said for pub meditation. There will be future pub meditations.
3: Uh, so that'll be a minimum of one a month bonus podcast of, of Robin and I. And finally, the, the top level is £9, which you don't only get early access to the episodes, ad-free episodes, you get extended episodes, you get the monthly bonus podcast, you get the Moon Underwater Water Social Club, but you also get a place in the patron poem where every week, when new patrons sign up, I set their names to verse. Uh, and you also... God willing, when we're able to do this live, on stage, live, during the stage show, live as it was performed, we will be selling tickets and you'll get early access to those tickets before anyone else. And because of the nature of where we want to record them, they're going to be in pubs. So tickets will be very limited, but they will go first to um, those who have purchased the round
4: patron membership, and the patron poem will be have a musical element as well. My plan is: I'm going to you, you'll send me your poem, and I will kind of set it to music. And the great thing about me and Robin is that I will probably
3: improvise that poem in about five minutes, and Robin will agonise about the music for about a week, and he'll delete it like six or seven times. Yep. And then he'll email me going, I think I've just made the worst thing anyone's ever made.
4: I will lose hours of my life to EQing decisions, I think, is the uh, is what will happen.
3: Yeah, and he'll send me it, and I'll say this is, like, the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, yeah. And then he'll call the police on himself.
4: Yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm guilty of wasting my own time.
3: So that's the admin out of the way. Every week we're going to be inviting a special guest to create their dream pub. And those guests are going to have to furnish the moon underwater based on a criteria that I have to say has been years in the refinement. Two draught, two bottles, two spirits, and a wild card. Classic. And the wild card can be absolutely anything. It could be a draught beer. It could be a draught wine, because they exist it could be a spirit, it could be absolutely anything that is reasonably available to drink in a pub. And with those seven choices, our guests, and we've got some superb guests coming up over the course of this podcast, our guests are going to have to really, really tussle with their own desire. Yeah. I mean, there will there will be tears. There will be tears. And you could actually pick tears if you wanted to. But I don't think we're
4: going to get anything wacky like that. No. I mean, you know, what would you like to see when you walk into a pub? What would you see and think, yes, I have found fulfilment?
3: But it's not just ticking boxes, folks. It's talking about the stories behind the pubs, the pubs behind the stories, and the stories behind the pubs behind the stories behind the pubs. People's pub lives laid out for you in wood, in brass, mahogany and glass
4: in draft and keg and pump and mind (laughs) down pint glass alley and along wine glass lane. Incredibly so I mean the pub memories what are your pub
3: memories? Pub memories pub thoughts, pub rules so all of that is to come and it's just a pleasure to welcome you into The Moon Underwater. Well, folks, welcome back to The Moon Underwater. And we are delighted to... Oh, is that the door? It is the door. And in through the door, shaking off the the rainwater of reality from their mind coat is this week's guest. It is comedian Nish Kumar. Hello to you, Nish.
1: Hello, John. Hello, Robin. Cheers to you both. Cheers to you, Nish. What can I get you from the bar? Oh, I'll tell you what I would absolutely love, straight off the bat. I would love a pint of Guinness and some dry roasted peanuts.
3: Okay, well, Uh. we can sort that out. And maybe, who knows, maybe that might feature in some of your choices later on. I'll just pour you uh, that pint. Sound effect, please. (laughs) There you go, mate. I'm so delighted to have you here in the moon underwater. Uh, before we get to your selections as we create your dream pub, Nish, do you remember the first pub you ever went to or ever dr- drank in?
1: I don't know whether this would be the first pub that I ever went into. I feel like it was probably the pubs that were near my, uh, nearer my house when I was growing up. But when I was a little kid, uh, my grandparents used to live in Leicester, And there was a pub called the Owl and the Pussycat right round the corner from their old house. And I have very strong, vivid memories of being in that pub because they used to have a a shack outside the pub where a guy would cook kebabs, uh, like Indian and Pakistani style uh, kebabs Mm. in the summer. And so we used to go there. It was quite a sort of big like family destination. I, I, I remember distinctly us not being allowed inside the pub in the evenings that pub and being outside that pub is such a fixture of my childhood like it's such a strong memory I have of, uh, of growing up and also I consider it to be evidence of uh, successful multiculturalism because you have this most English of institutions the pub being reverse colonized by some Asians who decided to serve <laughs> very delicious lamb kebabs outside. And which obviously complement the alcohol perfectly.
3: Is that pub in Leicester still there, the owl and the pussycat?
1: I don't think it is. I to be honest, I haven't oh. been to I haven't been to that part of Leicester in absolutely years. I suspect it isn't. But if it is, get in touch.
4: I remember I mean, going back to what you said, I remember watching my dad drink a beer and just I couldn't believe how long it took him. But now I'd just be like, "Listen, child, this this takes a while.
3: There are there are greater powers at work here than you of earthly realm can d- divine." <laughs> So Nish, the Moon Underwater is about to take shape before your very eyes. You have various drink selections to make as stipulated by the powers that be, the brewery of the Moon Underwater, who is the lord or whatever higher power uh, you want to believe in. It's sort of an all-seeing omniscient brewery (laughs) power (laughs) 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 that is all things to all people. But first, Nish, we're talking about the pubs of the mind. We're talking about Le Pub de l'Esprit. You walk in to your dream pub, and what do you see? What are we talking vibe-wise?
1: The most important vibe, and this is not just true of pubs, but it's true of the way I live my life. One word, brown. So are we talking sort of shining wood? Yeah, I need to see shining wood. I need to see brown seats, brown pub, brown people these are the things that i need to see in the pub like to me it that's what a pub looks like like it's all wood and a carpet that you sense is not the original color that it once was i need to see a surface that feels like it can take on and retain smells for up to 500 years that's what i need Mm. it's the richness of that a bit like a butcher's block yeah
0: (laughs)
3: Where every, yeah, every yeah. score and scrape is a memory of pubs past and beyond. So we approach past these leather browns, past this carpet, this vague, stained patterned carpet to the brown gleaming bar. And there are two draft taps placed thence, Nish. Tell us, what's your
1: first draft choice? 100% first name on the team sheet the Zinedine Zidane of any pub Guinness I don't mind that one one little bit I've been in pubs on occasion where they say we don't have Guinness and I think then you need to shut up shop <laughs> yeah. then you need to be done under the trades descriptions act for this is not a pub I actually went to the Guinness factory in Dublin and you could have a pint of Guinness and it's got a 360 degree view of Dublin and they have annotated Dublin uh, with all of the various references made to the city uh, by James Joyce, the lovely Robin is a Joyce scholar. Wow, uh,
3: Rob, do you, was there? Are there any references to Guinness in Ulysses? There is. There's a reference to like the the black stuff. I don't think so it says Guinness by name. As this pub is taking shape around you, the the pint of Guinness in front of you
1: will be the perfect pint of Guinness. So, could you just describe that to us? It's the head to body ratio that you've got to mm. hit, and I think. I'm trying to work out the maths of it. I think it's probably like five percent of the glass should be head.: Nothing worse than a like a half centimeter Guinness head.: Yeah, it feels diluted. It feels like they're cutting the Guinness with tap water. Bubbles in the head is,
4: is an is an absolute nightmare. Yeah <laughs> um, there, there are there are t- there are two mentions of Guinness in Ulysses. Sorry about that. That's all right. <laughs> what are they? Um, is it just say at the start, this book is sponsored by Guinness? Yeah, yeah. Guinness presents Ulysses. Uh, yeah. Um, if he drank what they are used to, Guinness's porter or some temperance beverage, Mr. Kernan turned and walked street by the corner of Guinness's visitor's waiting room. So there they go. They go to the uh, <laughs> the factory. <laughs> Lidwell. Oh, yeah. There's loads. I'm such a fucking idiot. I'm out of Joyce Club. Um <laughs> Yeah, Richie Goulding drank his power and Leopold Bloom his cider drank. Lidwell his Guinness. There you go. So I'm I'm completely wrong.
3: That's no you're not wrong. You're just discovering, you're learning. Also, Rob, because this is a magic pub, those quotes are now emblazoned in white chalk on the wall. Oh yeah. Just sort of really innocuous James Joyce quotes with James <laughs> yeah. Joyce written at the He bottom. went <laughs> for a pint of Guinness.
4: Oh, it's one of his best quotes.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: So Nish, you've got uh, your pint of Guinness there. That's safe. Uh, what's your second draft?
1: Uh I'm gonna uh I'm gonna go with gamma ray. It's a delicious drink. I I think it's absolutely delicious. I love
3: it. Not my beaver town of choice, but this isn't my pub anymore. This is out of my hands.
1: Yeah. Also I um I drank a case of neck oil in a short amount of time, quite early into the lockdown, and I think I might have ruined it for me for the rest of my life. Anyway. It does have side effects. Well, I tell you what, neck oil goes through me like a freight train.
3: <laughs> you know that photo, train, that photo of the train in the 20s that doesn't stop and goes through the buffers in the end of <laughs> yeah. the train station? That's what neck oil does to my guts. But what a
1: ride. You've ruined your chances mm. of being the face of Beavertown, Town, Robbins. I don't think anyone's going to hire you to front an advertising campaign saying, Neck oil, it gives me the toots. (laughs) Um, Okay,
3: so we've talked about uh, the strengths of the pub, the brown upon brown upon deeper upon lighter brown, gleaming and glistening. But what about some of the uh, bad pub experiences? What makes
1: your heart sink on entering a pub? I mean, I would say I think music volume is key. Um, Fake books, (laughs) although that may be a specific gripe I have. Uh, from the Richmond Crompton owned by the good people at JD's JD, we- JD Weatherspoons. there were always there was a fake bookshelf with fake <laughs> books on the wall like
3: well, you could buy books by the kilo for like <laughs> a couple of quid <laughs> it's probably more expensive to make fake books than it is just to buy second hand books
1: it's part of a commitment to uh the owner of Wetherspoons commitment to anti-intellectualism that they would not <laughs> even have real books in there. Tim Martin, well not that dangerously, that sounds pretty European to me, but
4: (laughs) What a beautiful pub Fire crackling away Music on, not too loud Nice pint. Hello there, what are you drinking then? Is that ale? Or is that, is that lager? Yeah, Who are you drinking lager for? Mm. This is ale, this is. This is ale. Mm. This is water, hops and barley and yeast. That is chemicals. <laughs> I suppose you didn't remember this when this was the red lion then. I do. Yeah, I, it used to be the red lion. Then Before that, it was the black swan. Yeah. And yeah, but Judith wouldn't have put up with any of this. The really? landlady there, she wouldn't have put up with any Why of this. Why didn't I go to the moon yeah, underwater? I'll again, look, leave means leave. That's all I'm saying. That leave
3: means leave. Your next choice Nish, we have, and this is where things get pretty interesting here in the moon underwater because you've got your gamma ray, you've got your Guinness, but you've also got two bottles. Now, it could be anything that's co- commercially available in a bottle in a pub,
1: okay, so the first one, and I will caveat this by saying, I'm not as much of a bell end as this makes me sound, okay? But I do really love a wine that's called Little Bastard. And even as I say this, I sound like a fucking character from Nathan Barley. I, ha- <laughs> I want you all to know that I hate myself. OK, I hate myself for saying this. But it's a wine that was introduced to me by Ed Gamble, who is also a piece of shit. And it's a, a low sulfate white wine that's a mix of the Riesling and Sauvignon Blanc from Germany.
3: You've got to be careful with a Riesling. There's a sweet spot. Often you can use the percentage to tell you how sweet it's going to be, but there's a sweet spot around 10.5% where it's just, it's got that fruity sweetness, but it's not like a dessert wine.
1: Yeah, I don't know enough about wine beyond I know what I like. And let me tell you, (laughs) I like this.
3: Okay, that's a superb choice. Uh, Your next bottle, please, Nish.
1: Okay, this, I don't actually know the name of this wine unhelp, unhelpfully, but it is the House Malbec from Balance in Soho, because that to to me the taste of the Malbec and specifically drinking it in Balance is like the most comforting thing in my life.
3: With the power invested in me by the All Seeing Brewery of the Moon Underwater, I can now and when I when I connect with the All Seeing Brewery.
4: Of the moon, it, sa- it sounds
3: like I'm typing. Just beware. Of that.
4: um, that's a nice choice because that's a nice, nice memory. It's uh, the, uh, the, this, is, this is good. These these, these are memories. Yeah,
1: that, that specifically that red wine is like one of the things I associate with. Like my fondest memories of the last decade of my life uh, involve that place and that wine.
3: I love the memories because those memories will be bottled in the House Malbec from uh, Ballons. But now it's time to take a little break for all the regulars here. Um, We're about to go for a little bit of advertisement, but before then, to set some questions in our pub quiz, I hand over to the lovely Robin.
4: Okay, everybody, pens out, eyes down. It's time for the quiz. Played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger. That wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey have been deducted five points. Hello. Yes, welcome to the pub quiz. Put your phones away. Unless you're listening to this on your phone. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, so pub quiz every week. I'm going to do a pub quiz. You know, there's no prizes. It's just the fun of taking part. Um, and we'll, I'll read the answers out at the end. So you know, just see how you do, for God's sake. Right. So the pub quiz this week is about presidential inaugurations, which is topical for the time we're recording this. So question one. Yeah, we've 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 recorded this
3: in. Um... 2008, and we're full of hope. (laughs) Yeah.
4: (laughs) Things are really looking up. (laughs) What great occasions. Why would I think there would be violence there? (laughs) Yeah. What's a podcast? No, they were (laughs) around then. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) uh, Question one. 22-year-old Amanda Gorman was Joe Biden's inauguration poet. The first poet to read at a US president's inauguration was Robert Frost for JFK in 1961. But... What went wrong at the reading? Good question. That is a good question. It's a good cue. Question two. Who sang the national anthem at Barack Obama's second inauguration in 2013? Question three. This is weird, this one. (laughs) Question three. At Jimmy Carter's inauguration in 1977, Linda Ronstadt sang which Willie Nelson song? Hmm. I mean, very well done if you got these ones at home. Just wanted to do that Richard Osman thing.
3: Be a good Spotify playlist, wouldn't it? Inauguration anthems. Now that's what I call inauguration. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, folks, we will be back with the answers to those three superb inauguration questions after these words from some advertisers. Welcome back, everyone, to The Moon Underwater. And we left you on Hook's Attenta with our pub quiz. Uh, If you still want to think about the answers a bit more, don't worry, you can pause it if you would like. Um, But Robin, could you give us the answer to those three questions, please?
4: Okay. question one was um, Robert Frost read a poem at uh, JFK's inauguration in 1961. But here's what went wrong. It's quite weird, this. JFK requested the poem The Gift outright, However, Frost wrote a different poem called Dedication, which he finished on the morning of the inauguration (laughs) and handed to the guy, the inauguration guy. However, when it came to the reading, the sun was so bright that he was unable to read the piece of paper in front of him, so he read the gift outright from memory. He recited it from memory. Fair play to his poet's brain. I think I can read one Robert Frost poem from memory. Oh, yeah? Some say the
3: world will end in fire, some say in ice. From what I've tasted of desire, I hold with those who favour fire. But I think that for destruction's sake, ice is also great and would suffice.
4: Nice. I mean, I thought it was going to end with the word nice. I th- I've missed <laughs> out a
1: bit there. No idea. I mean, if I'm, if I'm ever stuck in that position, it's going to be me going, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson.
4: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. It might work.
4: Okay, question two, sorry, it was who sang at uh, Obama's second inauguration? It was Beyonce singing the National Anthem. But do you remember it was quite, or did she sing it? It was quite controversial because there was a backing tape involved. So it was a bit unclear whether she sang it live or not. Oh, wow. That's a fun fact. Uh, And this was the Jimmy Carter one. Inauguration 1977. Linda Ronstadt sang a song called Crazy is, i don't think it's i mean is that a good idea for a president I a mean, beautiful song i didn't realize willie nelson wrote the song crazy you know crazy the patsy cline one boy. yeah willie nelson wrote it yeah well, that's a great fact but as a president is that what you want your next 4 years yeah Just... <laughs> it doesn't set a great tone no
3: Nothing like a good pub quiz to raise the spirits. And raising spirits is just what we're doing now because we have two spirits for you to add to your dream
1: bar. Um, Definitely, definitely Laphroaig. The old whiskey. Really? Yeah, it tastes like fire and makes me feel like a big man. How do you enjoy a whiskey? Do you have a bit of water or? Nothing. Wow. Just straight up. I like holding it because it makes me feel like a, a big man <laughs> and I like drinking it. I I find that um it's like the clo- my closest concession towards traditional notions of toxic masculinity. <laughs> it's just that like I just like the I like the feel of that uh, of the unvarnished whiskey.
3: I have to say it also is looking very good in this brown pub, mate.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. There is, There's an aesthetic there.
3: There is a light bouncing off a very well polished wooden bar and it's it's just refracting through a cut glass whiskey tumbler. And, and I have to say, Nish, it's throwing light innumerable upon wall and face like a mirror ball
1: of booze. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your second spirit? Gin and tonic, baby. And not a fancy gin and tonic. I'm talking... Bombay Sapphire, and a Schweppes tonic. The thing is, I have like I have fancy gins in my home, but for some reason, when I'm in a pub, I qu- quite like the sort of straight up, no fucking around, like English pub gin and tonic with not non fancy gin and non sort of whatever it is elderflower tonic or whatever it is. Although I am offended that they haven't updated the name to Mumbai Sapphire. That's True. Uh, vaguely infuriated uh, yeah. to me. Come on, guys. Partition was in 1947. <laughs> Get with the programme.
4: Oh, that's
3: interesting. Mm. What would a dream pub be without, as you've already expressed, a penchant for some books to read? So we're going to head over into that. Ooh. What's that over there in the corner? There's a little nook. There's a little nook by the fire, the two tables, two chairs at each, and it's a little reading room in the pub library with
4: the pub librarian,
3: Mr Robin Allender. Robin, what's going into the pub library this week?
4: Well, John, I'm glad you asked me that. Um, this week we've got Charles Dickens. You ever hear of him? Uh, is he one of these uh, new writers that just writes a, a, <laughs> a
3: sentence, a, 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 a letter, a line, and calls it modern art? <laughs>
4: <laughs> He's one of these snowflakes, probably, that writes about woke yeah. social justice nonsense. This is uh, from David Copperfield. Uh, it's, a, it's a lovely description about being drunk. I, I, I mean, it is funny, but I'm, I'm, I'm sort of hesitant to say it's funny because it's a bit like when someone says a Shakespeare comedy is funny and you, you, you're not going to laugh in the way you might laugh. <laughs> but it is funny. It is funny. Somebody was leaning out of my bedroom window... "'refreshing his forehead against the cool stone of the parapet "'and feeling the air upon his face. "'It was myself. "'I was addressing myself as Copperfield and saying, "'Why did you try to smoke? "'You might have known you couldn't do it. "'Now somebody was unsteadily contemplating his features in the looking-glass. "'That was I too. "'I was very pale in the looking-glass. "'My eyes had a vacant appearance, "'and my hair, only my hair, nothing else, looked drunk.' "'Owing to some confusion in the dark, the door was gone. "'I was feeling for it in the window curtains "'when Steerforth, laughing, took me by the arm and led me out. "'We went downstairs, one behind another. "'Near the bottom, somebody fell and rolled down. "'Somebody else said it was Copperfield. "'I was angry at that false report "'until, finding myself on my back in the passage, "'I began to think there might be some foundation for it. "'A very foggy night with great rings round the lamps in the streets.' There was an indistinct talk of its being wet. I considered it frosty. Steerforth dusted me under a lamp post and put my hat into shape, which somebody produced from somewhere in a most extraordinary manner, for I hadn't had it on before. Steerforth then said, You are all right, Copperfield, are you not? And I told him, Never better. Superb. That's great. That was a bit of David Copperfield there,
3: about the pleasures (laughs) of boozing. And you can now place your copy of David Copperfield into the Moon Underwater Library and full details of the Moon Underwater Library and various other treats available to Patreon members in the Moon Underwater Social Club, which is an area of sort of like-minded pub desirers that you can access by subscribing to The Moon Underwater at patreon.com forward slash moon under pod. The Moon Underwater. So alongside the library, not only do we have things in The Moon Underwater for people to read, but we also at the appropriate volume, and I cannot stress that enough, have our jukebox and each of our guests is allowed to select one album to go in the jukebox. So
1: Nish, what's your perfect pub soundtrack? I, th- I've, I, I took quite a lot of time thinking about this because it's like it can't be anything that you wouldn't want to listen to normally, but it has to be something that I think I would be comfortable playing to a lot of people. I've ended up hitting on Otis Blue by Otis Redding. It's called Otis Blue, Otis Redding Sing Soul, and it, I mean, I like it. I like it playing in a pub firstly because the first song, Old Man Trouble, I think could easily—the uh, lyrics of which I think could easily be taken as a warning against alcoholism.
0: Old brother, Old man
3: Very good
1: choice. I'm actually going to I'm going to get that album. I've written it down. It's such a good album. It's really it's really brilliant. There's also a great cover of Change is going to come on there. And you know, you know me. I like a bit of uh, socio-political art even in the pub. <laughs> you love a bit of change, mate. I love a bit of change, mate. I
4: absolutely love a bit well, of. Well, no, change. you
1: like some change. I
3: have to say, nish, over the over the past sort of four or five years, some change that's happened you've not liked, and you've got you've got to either you like change or you don't like. <laughs> yeah. You've got to take
1: consistent positions on the concept of change. <laughs> I like all change.
3: <laughs> okay, so your final choice, Nish, to add to uh, the bar here in your pub is the wild card drink. Now, the wild card could be anything you've not managed to fit into your previous six choices of draft bottles or spirits. And
1: it really is. It's a free swim. What are you going for? It will have to be a white Russian uh, because on my birthday. Of you know, course. You, yeah, you're aware of this, John. But on my birthday, in Edim- which is in Edinburgh, because it's in August every year. Um, it's very nice of the city to convene an arts festival leading up to my birthday. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's, that's the kind of guy, that's the kind of influential guy I am. But yeah, every year we go to the Brass Monkey, which is a great pub. I absolutely love it. And I always, for some reason, I can't even remember how or why this started, but I always drink white Russians on my birthday. And on my 30th birthday, the situation became so severe that the bar had to send out for milk.
3: i have such a checkered history with white russians
1: of course you do john everyone does it's alcohol and milk well i got into the first time around as
3: obviously big lebowski and i was at an age where i was pretentious enough to be like okay that's my drink now so i'm going to go to (laughs) i'm going to go to sort of pubs in the early 2000s that really don't have any milk and I'm going to say, can I have a white Russian? And it's sort of six in the afternoon <laughs> on a Friday. And they're just looking at and go, what well, the fucking? Of course not. <laughs> um, but then I rediscovered them when I went to Australia to do gigs. Over there, you can get like gallon milk bottles. So I got a gallon of milk. I got a bottle of vodka and a bottle of Kahlua. And I just drank pint after pint after pint of Kahlua on my own in this house, watching Miami Vice. The only way to describe the hangover was bile. <laughs> so much bile. It sounds like rock bottom. <laughs> John, yeah, that- it was re- it was a real low, it was a real low ebb.
1: That anecdote is a cry for help in the midst of a podcast <laughs> whose concept is itself a cry for help.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, the worst thing was I drank so much milk that the next day I was googling, "Can you poison yourself with milk?" <laughs> that I realized You've got a real issue with alcohol if you're concerned about the effects of the of the mix.
1: <laughs> Don't blame the milk John.
3: <laughs> so I, I actually when I came back I stopped drinking for about nearly a year after that. Oh my god. Excuse me. Sorry. Excuse me.
4: Excuse me. Sorry. Sorry, no. I think I was next. I think I was next. Sorry. Sorry. Excuse me, sorry. sorry, sorry. Excuse me. Sorry, could, me. Sorry, could, I, could I have a sherry, please? <coughs> Sod this. I'm off to the moon underwater.
3: Okay, so we've allowed the White Russians. So uh, just to confirm, your dream lineup in your dream pub is uh, Guinness, Gamma Ray, Little Bastard, the House Malbec. At uh, Balance. You've got Bombay Sapphire, you have got Lafroyd, and you have also got White Russians. And what a night it's gonna be! <laughs> You're barred! It's not just uh, things we're adding to your fantastic pub niche, you can also take something away. So, what are you barring from your dream pub?
1: Okay, look, this is obviously not going to be the most relatable content for everyone, but I'm banning this for everybody's good in the long run, and that is comedy gigs that happen in the main bar area. Now, obviously, doing comedy in function rooms at pubs is the lifeblood of the British comedy circuit. It's great. I would never deny anyone that. But there have been times where you walk into a pub and you realise with a real specific sinking feeling that someone has looked at the setup of a microphone in the corner of a pub and thought, it works for acoustic guitar music, why can't we make this work for comedy? i tell
3: you what is a real killer at those gigs, is the sound of uh, pool balls
1: being (laughs) hit in the background.
3: (laughs) But I used to run one of those gigs, that was the first gig I ever did, was basically, it wasn't a separate room, it was in a central bar, there were two sides at the hatchet in Bristol. Right, yeah. So you, there was no, there was nothing stopping you, but there, did, there was a point in the evening where you just had to start setting up a, a PA and say to people in the room, there's comedy in about 20 minutes, uh, so do stick around if you want. And they would invariably leave and then you'd have to go to the other side of the pub <laughs> and try and convince the per- people you would just told to leave, oh, do you want to come back to watch the comedy? <laughs> oh man, oh God. Hurry up, please, it's time. Well, it's almost time to call time here at The Moon Underwater. Your pub has taken shape beautifully, Nish. It's been a pleasure to uh, curate it for you. But you do get to take the pub home with you. This is yours forever, this dream pub, to take with you in your mind, uh, or in fact to make it if one day you decide to open your own pub. But it needs a name because we can't have loads of moon underwaters all around the country. This is The Moon Underwater. Um, it's almost like a sort of a workshop for your pub. Uh, so now we've completed your pub. You've got to give it a name uh, and take it away with you. So, what are we calling Nish Kumar's Moon Underwater?
1: Well, I did think about the practice of naming pubs. I mean, I did think about just calling it Cheers for a while. Um, but that, because I think, probably, if I'm being honest, that's the first pub I remember seeing. <laughs> um, but I think, uh, out of loyalty to my, uh, own childhood roots, I'm going to call it the Owl and the Indian Pussycat. Oh, nice. that's nice. Just to remember the, uh, pub of my, uh, youth and its, uh, pivotal role in, uh, integration between the two communities <laughs> of Leicester.
3: Okay, so the Owl and the Indian Pussycat are going to sea in a beautiful brown, brown boat and, uh, with them. A little bit of my heart is going to be in this pub, Nish, I have to say to you. So it's time for us to say goodbye. But to play us out, Nish, would you like to select a track from your pub jukebox album, which was Otis Blue by Otis Redding?
1: Uh, I'm going to select uh, Mr. Redding's cover of Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. It's a great song and the horn arrangement is actually what Keith Richards subsequently said that he wanted the original version to sound like, but because they were recording at such speed they actually didn't have time to organize a horn section so they just left the guitar riff in as a guitar riff and he subsequently said that when they heard the otis reading version he was sort of he felt like that's actually what he intended when he wrote the satisfaction riff for it to sound like
3: well what a superb factoid there Uh, until next time folks we will see you in the pub the mind le pub de l'esprit farewell Well, folks, thank you so much for joining us on this first foray into the moon underwater. And Though it is time to say goodbye, I'm actually delighted to say that the moon underwater is still regulated by UK licensing laws. I think that's really important, that all desire does operate within the bounds of the law. So I have to, at this stage, call time at the bar... ...and tell you that you do really have to make your way now. Uh, Please, no hanging around... You've got a couple of minutes to finish up your drinks. And if you would like to get in touch with us here at The Moon Underwater, you can email john at moonunderpod.com with all your correspondence. And who knows, maybe in the future, we'll be reading out that correspondence on a bonus episode that you can access by signing up to the middle or top tier of the Patreon page. And that Patreon address, just to remind you, is patreon.com forward slash moonunderpod. We are so looking forward to welcoming in our next guest, but I do have to wipe down the bar. I have to clean the glasses, help myself to a little snifter hither and thither from cask keg bottle and spirit. And also I've got to boot out this interloper, the lovely Robert Allender.
4: Well, all pleasure is fleeting, otherwise it wouldn't be pleasure. You know, we have to draw time on our time with Nish there. And what a brilliant pub he created. A superb pub. Brown upon brown
3: upon brown upon Guinness upon brown. Yes, yeah, stunning Guinness's gin, whiskey, wine. All the elements of the realm. So, next week we're going to be welcoming the fantastic Jody Kidd who is not only a former model, not only a racing driver, not only a horse rider, but she owns her own pub. (gasps) So we look forward to welcoming you into our doors once again.
4: But for now, it's time at the bar from me, John Robbins. Hurry up, please. It's time at the bar from me as well, Robin Allender.
3: Bye-bye.